logic on bad is bad. You know what? Last week, Jopi, we were getting married. Hypothetically, you oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we uh, discussed uh, how how trashy we culture we get. We'll get. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, podcast friends, uh, how do you like my makeup today, Jopi? Actually, when I saw you, when I entered the room, I want to tell you it's very pretty, very beautiful. Well, um, after all, after all these face filters we tried earlier today, I feel very content with my look. <laughs> is it a good? Is it a good brand? Well, Jupi, guess what? Today, uh, my makeup was assisted by the friends of a pot. Uh, call creatives really and, yes oh you you did it with the stickers i did quickie stickies i have to confess i did quickie again but is it <laughs> you did quickie <laughs> without me though but is it <laughs> is it um yes i i cheated on you Jupi. yeah you cheated on me with with the stickies but uh is it is it the uh, eyeliner or did, did is... you pat the uh the um shadow so this is like glitter eyeshadow but I did it with a quick sticker before. And I'll tell you what, it, um, anyone who does makeup and especially with glitter, it's like literally everywhere and liquid glitter is hardcore uh, yeah. makeup level. And I think I nailed it with quick sticker. So shout out to Call Creatives for facilitating this gorgeous look today. I'm yes. very pleased. <clears throat> I will be happy about this to see her children grow. Also, I saw she released new shapes with butterflies do you see that uh, i want no. to see you with that oh well next time next time I, I think i have some stars so i will try some stars next time Ooh, right something to look forward to but yeah everyone should check out call creatives and get themselves some quickies while well, it's not too late because you know summer is on the beginning amazing so what is going bad this week this week what do you have for me what do I have for you, Jupiter? Well, uh, what's on the menu of the gone bad things? Um, I think uh, the baddest thing which went down with Vic is the divorce. So if last oh, week, yeah. if oh last week we got married, this so week it's all about we're getting divorced. <laughs> <laughs> quick is a divorce. <laughs> quickie, quick. <laughs> that Not was that was interesting. That was very interesting. So Obviously, I was researching this topic uh, very much in detail as a prep, because, you know, you and I were very much about preparing the course, content. very much. And I went down back the memory lane to 2018. Mm -hmm. This, you know how it all started, the divorce? This is when Amber Hearst wrote an article in Washington yeah. Post uh, about sort of being the bearer of me to yeah, A survivor, that's yes. the word. Now you survive everything. Yes. Survivor of anything. Yeah. Well, now she's got a lot to survive. Yeah. Well, she's got to 10 millions to survive. But 15. 15. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, she wanted 100 or she wanted 50. Now she got to pay 15. You know, if you get too greedy, I guess this is the, the price way. of a third. The price of a third. Well, you know what? In Russia. <laughs> it's so disgusting. Sorry, I had to say it. In. in <laughs> In Russia, we say uh, the um, stingy person pays twice. That's a very good, actually, very good quote, um, which I am going to steal. Well, please do, please yes. do. So, um, so, so it all started with that, but also, do you remember when she leaked the In the video? bathroom? No. 
No, unfortunately in the bed. But when she leaked the video to the press. Is it that the one was, on Daily Mail? Where... Yeah. So she gave, I think, no, I don't remember what there was on Daily Mail. So it was him getting crazy and she uh, recording him. And, and um, so, yeah, uh, it all ended. But this time, the reason why it became so uh, famous is because um, it's because of the Me Too movement. So uh, essentially, um, some commentators said that this is the nail on the coffin of the Me Too movement. And, and this not only by people who disliked the Me Too ever since, but even by the early founders of the Me Too. Like, do you remember the, you know, the, the woman who started the Me Too in America, the, the black woman? So initially, Me Too was a very different thing, it was something that was meant to, uh, was meant to, um, to be on the side of, you know, women who really struggle in their daily lives with abuse, like women who get abused at work, women who don't live in privilege. And then it little by little became a power weapon of the, of the, um, of the privileged women. And somehow they got the spotlight and the other ones faded in the background. And this woman, I'm going to find the name of the, uh, of the woman, she said that the Me Too movement changed beyond the recognition because, uh, because it, it became used in this way as a power weapon as opposed to. And Amber Heard, she definitely tried to, um, to weaponize this and to say, okay, now the press is going to be on my side, now I'm going to blow. And unfortunately, she was not. She, she lied repeatedly in the trial. That's the reason why she lost. I mean, uh, wild, wild. It's also quite ugly, right? When uh, like people start getting all their personal stuff out in the public, I don't you know, it just gets more and more surreal as yeah. it evolves. Yeah. It's uh, quite amazing. But um, I think what I really enjoyed well was an article on Daily Mail with Johnny Depp uh, the next night after he won. He went, and the title of the article said, Johnny Depp is out partying, and I was like, okay, well, what is he Wait, doing? Why shouldn't he party? No, 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 I was like wondering, not that, I was just like wondering, oh, ask ask uh, Daily Mail, they're giving the moral judgment to that. I was like, okay, well, where, where does Johnny Depp go out in London? And it was like, oh, here we go, Johnny Depp partying, uh, and there's a um, signature under the image, Johnny Depp is living Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> was like wild <laughs> wild night <laughs> but i mean what is the i mean the, whatever he does is some business even one the cause he restored his image it has In been a way. winning situation for him from the point of view you know that he gave he already said that he would give all the money to a to a charity that takes care of uh, domestic abuse situations uh, which is an amazing move because he doesn't need any money this is loads of money, and he can restore his reputation uh, in, in, in the public sphere by giving things to, uh, to charities, especially after Amber Heard, she said that she gave her money, her divorce money to charities, and she never did. Really? That's wow. one of the lies was this. That they demonstrated that she said that she gave seven million to um, to charities entirely. She claimed it on TV. And they asked, and she said that she didn't give the money. So uh, there were too many lies, and she was not being uh, deemed. She has not been considered believable. Wow, how, how fascinating. Well, speaking of Johnny Depp, 
And, uh, you know, I had what he actually, I don't know if it still runs through today. He had some financial difficulties because apparently he was spending a lot of money on wine. And at some time... On wine? Yes, apparently. A billionaire like, becoming poor because of wine. I, I, read what, to be... I read what he was spending too much money, but maybe maybe it was some uh, media hoax and not true. But regardless, you know, he's got this tattoo, wine forever. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of uh, Wynonna Ryder, and because um, you know, this tattoo was actually yeah. changed because it was Wynonna Forever, and it does sound like oh. Wynonna. Yeah, yeah, you know, he used to date Wynonna Ryder when he was very young and incredibly attractive. I mean, he's a very good looking man today, regardless. Yeah. Anyway, so he's got this tattoo, Wine Forever, which was um, redone. After, after the break, very bad idea, very bad idea to all our listeners, never to do anyone's name but your own. Yeah, no, exactly. That's why I always, um, I never um, consider, I've got several tattoos, but none of my tattoos carry a meaning because the deepest meaning in your life change. Uh, for instance, you uh, tattoo the name of the person you fondly love, and then and then you break up, and then you hate that person. Or you, uh, I don't know, you um, tattoo your mother's name, and then she disowns you, and then you hate your mother. So th- the deepest sentiments in your life, you think they're deep when you're living them, but then eventually they <laughs> they become diluted. Therefore, I decided my tattoos for my tattoos to be only um, only decorative and because you can't get, I mean, decoration is much safer to me. Actually, very good point. I was talking to tattoo artists and I, I often talk to tattoo artists. I don't know, do, do you chat to tattoo artists when you're getting a tattoo done? Or do you um, put an, I don't know, podcast on? Usually <laughs> I, I don't know. No, um, I mean, I am not that sociable, generally speaking. But yeah, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But never a meaningful conversation. Right. I always like dig down like everything I can get about them. Because I don't know, I think it's, it's very fast, a particular crowd, the two artists. Like we all have something which unites them. I think we all live on a brick, especially good ones. We live on a brick between being incredibly trashy and aesthetically profound. That's my view of a tattooing world, especially good ones. I think we managed to combine this very low quality and sort of low culture reference with very artistic uh, meaning sometimes. Not in the meaning like a personal meaning, but I mean more like as a resource. And uh, when I was talking to the artist and I was like, uh, so her body, one of the last one I was getting, her whole body is covered. And I was like, so do you have uh, much meaning in all the things you do? And she goes, no, it's all purely aesthetic. I just decorate That's my it. body. That's it. And I was like, yeah, this is actually a very healthy approach because it's almost like, obviously you keep it for life, but hey-ho, you can get brought back and also keep it for life. Yeah, if you look but at it well. I, I, that's one of the reasons why I also don't think fashion should attach itself to deep meanings. Uh, no stock exchange? No. <laughs> Deep meaning. So the name, just to uh, the name of the founder of the Me Too that that, that I was uh, mentioning, and she um, criticized uh, this trial very much because it betrayed somehow the spirit of the Me Too. Is called uh, Karana Burke. Um, 
And she is the woman who many, many years ago, many years before it became a movement embraced by Hollywood, founded the movement under very different premises. Okay, sorry. Let's go back to, no, 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 to no. the shallowness of shallowness of the two of world. The twos. Of the yes. two world. No, I think the twos are cool. And yeah, we don't necessarily need to have meaning. I think uh, you know, the moment we put any too much faith or meaning into anything, we oh, we yeah. become very dependent. And... Yes, yes. I mean, didn't we reach postmodernity? Seriously, I think we I think reached it. Th that's the thing. I think with postmodernity. The first wave of postmodernity destroyed every meaning. Every meaning was destroyed in art. Think about Jeff Koons, this running away from everything was running away from meaning until the mid 2000s. And then something else happened. We cannot, as human beings, live without meaning. Therefore, we started finding meaning in everything that should not have it. Because we destroyed every meaning and, and we realized that without meaning, we are a bit lost. So we destroyed the meaning of the nation, for instance. And this corresponded with, uh, with the, um, with the mm, sort of enforcements of identity politics, because you destroy the big meaning, but you have to find meaning somewhere. And therefore, you will find it in the small thing. Not in the nation, but in your, I don't know, whatever. Uh, group in your next or, tattoo? Yeah, <laughs> in my in your next tattoo. So even, even things like the shell, fashion, tattoos became a vehicle for, for deep meanings. Um, just because we, we are unhinged, we destroyed every meaning the, mm, a bit earlier with the first wave of postmodernity. Something to think about. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Well, back to the world of shallowness. So, you know, um, I think maybe it was back in the 90s when Wynonna was dating Dab. Mm -hmm. um, she apparently suffers from, uh, I think it's called kleptomania, oh, yeah. where you can't yeah. help yourself yeah. but to take Stealing. stuff. Yeah. And I don't know, Drupi, have you ever stolen anything from a shop? I'm not, no. I um, once unintentionally. So I went back home and I realized that I didn't pay for what I had in my bag, for one item that I had in my bag, but that was completely unintentional. And once when I was 12, I saw a very tiny thing just because I wanted to feel the, the but then I repented very quickly. I've got a very strong moral sense. I'm a godless Catholic in a way because <laughs> I don't believe in God, but I do have a um, sometimes a moral sense about these sort of things that, yeah. Has you have internal definitely. moral compass. Of course, yeah, internal moral compass, a godless moral compass. Um, but, you know, there, there are long time ago I read a book of uh, a history book that talked about the department stores and, and how consumption changed throughout the centuries and the one one of the ideas that I stayed with me after 15 years I still remember <laughs> that passage uh, explain how kleptomania as a disease as a psychological the psychological classification of kleptomania uh, was born right after the department stores and that is because to my choice <laughs> so no it, it yes also but that is because for the first time the middle classes had access to things and therefore the middle classes could buy could steal in other words it was impolite to call thieves 
middle-class people. You had to classify it scientifically and use a politically correct word because you could call thieves poor people who stole for because they were starving. That was a thief. But a middle-class person who steals something that they don't require, can you really call them a thief? That's not, you know, you need to find another word that doesn't offend them. And they classified kleptomania under social pressure for, uh, as a, as a device to excuse, not to excuse, but to not to mix them up with, with the working class thieves. I always found this idea very fascinating. Hmm, very, very interesting indeed. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't thought about it before. Well, Venona is a perfect example. So mm -hmm. I think at the time she was already quite famous. She was stealing bags. From Wasn't shops. she an alcoholic as well? I haven't uh, investigated that, but I won't be surprised. I won't be I surprised. She She's amazing. got a vibe. Yeah, I think she was an amazing actress uh, in the I, 90s. Amazing. Oh, my God. You know, she in Beetlejuice. Oh, my God. Like fashion. I mean, the age of innocence. The yeah. masterpiece. The age of innocence. Dracula. Mm. Bram Stoker's yeah. Dracula. She, I think she was very she good. She's great. She's got, she's got like a style. She's got a look. Very unique. Well, now things, you know, go back in fashion. She is a new face of Mark Jacobs. And oh, yeah. in this campaign, she's literally like photograph of each bag, like always Mark Jacobs' bags. I wonder, you know, after the shoot was done, imagine like the stylist goes back to like a styling cupboard and all bags are gone. <laughs> this was my visual. <laughs> that would be amazing. Can you imagine? Stealing campaign things. Uh, you know what? I I've worked for a long time in this industry. I mean, maybe not as long as uh, Queen served her duties, but I definitely have been around <laughs> for a while, and I've seen it all. So I won't, I'm not surprised by anything at this point. This industry and nothing in this world can I think surprise yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I found the idea of choosing Winona Ryder for Mark Jacobs very interesting because it's another jolt of the 90s. It's another déjà vu. And Mark Jacobs was great in the, uh, before, until he left Louis Vuitton, essentially. He was a, a prominent name in fashion. Now it's still prominent, but not so much anymore. I think now Mark Jacobs' makeup, I mean, his own makeup is quite prominent. He's, he's dressing like granny. Sometimes look at oh, yeah, his yeah, selfies. Yeah, yeah. He's got this granny fashion yeah, vibes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. I mean, another well-known granny, as I already mentioned, just celebrated her um, jubilee. Jubilee. Yeah, indeed. Um, so apparently she was not feeling particularly well for the service at St. Paul's and she yeah. didn't attend, mm -hmm. but all the royal family was there. For me, something which stood out, I don't know if you watched the video, when our Prime Minister Boris Johnson arrived, yeah. everyone started to boo in him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, that's yeah. not in a particularly strong political moment. Yeah, I think I, his own party is, is resisting because they don't have an alternative yet. But as soon as they have an alternative, the party will say goodbye. Because he's been too... I mean, to be fair, we need also to be kind to Boris Johnson. He happened to be Prime Minister in a very difficult moment. And, and this is, so I'm saying he's got many faults, but there is also this to take in consideration. Any prime minister would have been ruined by, by COVID in a way. And to be frank, uh, the, some of the things that, that Boris Johnson did were pretty supportive of, of, the, um, um, of, of society in terms of giving money, but they were not conservative. 
So he was not a Labour, but also was not a proper Conservative in, um, in some moments. Uh, so he was criticised by his opponents and by his own party. So, and the taxes are raising, which is not a Conservative policy. So it's, yeah, he was bored, but we were not there for, for, for the news. We were there for history. And you should never conflate the news with history and the Queen is history, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, she is. Um, I'm a big fan of Queen yeah? Elizabeth. Yes. Well, what makes you a fan of uh, I'm. I think that the royal family and monarchy is a great thing in the European states in which it's still existing, and um, and it provides stability to the country. So um, I don't think that. I mean, I'm talking about monarchies such as the British one. So not absolute monarchies, of course, but it does provide stability. And you have a woman who has been there, who has been grew up, or at least from some point in her youth, was programmed to be queen. And she has never put herself and her own personal feelings and instances before the role she was playing. She was always embodying the country, never herself. And this is something that the country desperately, that gives great stability to the country. Uh, furthermore, she's been there uh, consulting prime ministers every week for 70 years. What does this mean? This means that she is the most knowledgeable politician in the world, because for 70 years, she talked to every prime minister. Of course, she doesn't have, she doesn't rule, she reigns, but even the moral, you know, the moral stance of the queen is, is a big, you know, she doesn't have to think about the next elections. She doesn't have this worry. She has to think about the stability of her country. And actually, I read something like, uh, I read something a while ago said by, I think it was Tony Blair, who said that he was terrified every time he had to meet the Queen, because obviously he was ruling, not her. But he felt this, this sense of, you know, of respect for the Queen as a, you know. So for all these reasons, I think that the monarchy is ultimately a good system, and it's very easy to demonstrate. The countries in Europe which have monarchies are the most stable and most progressive countries in Europe. Okay, think about Sweden, yeah. the, the Netherlands, England. Okay, the, why, why are they more progressive? Why are they more, more stable? It's because the, the monarch keeps the link with tradition, therefore the country can go ahead. But it's, you know, you talk about Europe, but when we have I mean, it's not exactly royal family, but for example, we have sheikhs in Arab countries. Yeah, no, no, that, that doesn't that doesn't enter my design. <laughs> right, but basically, what I mean, like, we sort of a rule. We also have in some Asian countries, like, what is it Malaysia, where you have some, yeah. and that's really no, no. I am talking about th that's why I said Europe because mm -hmm. I'm talking about mm -hmm. the monarch as a figure that reigns, doesn't rule, and as a figure that counterbalances the uh, elected politicians. If you miss one of the if you miss the elected politicians and you miss the fact that she has to reign but she does not have to rule, then it's a different system, which I don't uh, I think is the best. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm trying to say is don't think that republics are intrinsically better because that's not the case. Because for instance, in Italy, we have a republic that is founded, it's essentially a copycat of the British monarchy. 
we've got two chambers, mm -hmm. like the Chamber of Lords and the Chamber of, of um, um, Commons. Commons. Uh, we've got two chambers. So one is the senior and the other one is, even though it's not hereditary. Yeah. And then you've got the president who does not who does not rule, but is the, the guy who grants the um, the constitution, the, the constitution of respected. So it's a copycat, it's a republic, but it's a copycat as a system of the of the and also our pre our president is not elected by the people. Is elected by the parliament so it's 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 very similar in a way to the british monarchy interesting you know for me british monarchy i find it very much symbolic obviously they do hold message and very big in the media but i think i also find it a little bit frustrating with us so big in the media because um I guess it's my political opinion on that matter, but I think there's a lot of money which goes into royal family. They are the biggest landowners in the country. And I just think considering the rising taxes, the sort of imbalances in our society, to have this lavish family being a symbol of a country, I almost find it offensive on the wider society level and I find this whole jubilee to be very difficult uh, to accept a sort of celebration because mm. I don't find it appropriate considering how many people are struggling to pay their bills. But however, that's exactly one of the reasons why the royal family exists because first of all they are the biggest landowners which is true um, and also, uh, not everything that they have is paid by the taxes. A lot is paid by their own private properties. So this exactly, another, that's another yeah. element. Now, when the queen wanted to 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 shrink the uh, the uh, the royal family, she was criticized because she automatically had to exclude whoever was not in a direct line of succession, such as Harry and Meghan, and they were criticizing for restricting for making a slimmer royal family. Uh, but then uh, they are criticized if they don't do it because they are the, they are uh, spending money so this is already something i think the uh, the jubilee that you're talking about is not a display of wealth is something that has two purposes that to me are essential in 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 a country like the uk first of all it it, it unites the country okay it's a symbol for the for the entire country and god knows how desperately the country needs a unifying symbol Oh, uh, I know it very well, considering, uh, you know, where I come from right now, the whole identity of Russia right now, in national level, holds on the unifying power of Putin. Exactly. So the country needs these moments of, of, of collective uh, joy and people coming together um, and under a single... So you're not worshipping the person, you're worshipping as you said, the symbol, but symbols are fundamental to create a unity. And the second thing is, this jubilee moved and, and generally speaking the royal family attracts so much money to the uk in terms of tourism in terms of um mainly in terms of tourism it creates relationships the commonwealth is is i think it's something precious to to england because it creates a it creates an umbrella where different countries can somehow have something in common and speak to each other 
Okay, it's not the old idea of the empire where one it reigns and the other uh, listens. Every state is independent, but they are united by a symbol. So I do think that symbols are something that cultures, because cultures require symbols. And if it's not the queen, they're gonna find it somewhere else. And you may find it in places that are more dangerous. Think about Putin. No, you're absolutely right. I I get it. I always am. I'm just... <laughs> I mean, we're not going to argue with that. Uh, no, look, yeah, absolutely. Culture is very much dependent on symbols. I think the whole world is full of symbols and narratives. That's how we, we can do anything in this world. We agree on some narratives. But um, I think, you know, I'm still very ambivalent towards the royal family maybe because of how much attention they get and mm -hmm. how much money you know still is held by a single family i think uh, you know and I'm, I'm not you know telling you this marxist uh, utopian thing that you need to share everything i just think um too much focus on individuals who happen to inherit this. Rather, I think we should have a wider spectrum of people and wider right. conversation. To, to me, the problem, I agree on the fact that the royal family, especially certain fringes of the royal family, uh, should not uh, attract too much attention and create too many scandals. But this is not this is compatible in a way with what you say, but it doesn't discount the royal family. That's not the problem. The problem is not the royal family. The problem is Prince um, Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is if you are, if you behave like the queen, you disappear behind your, your existing as a symbol. Okay. If you disappear behind your symbol and behind your role, then you are entitled to have that support and that money. The problem is when you conflate the, um, the role you have with who you are as an individual. And this is the problem that I saw with Diana, with Meghan Markle and with uh, Sarah Ferguson, with all the members of the royal family who were eventually um, criticized. The problem is that they conflated who they were and their personal individual instances with the role they were fulfilling. And I that's the reason why I appreciate Kate Middleton so much, because she was able to, to never show her individuality and to always show the symbol. That's what- She was able to leave her catwalking in Nickers days at Union behind. Oh my gosh, do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. That's so yeah. funny. So to me, you know, the, Lacan says a, there is a quote by Lacan, which I find very precious, which um, he says, if a fool says he's a king, thinks he's a king, no, if a normal person thinks they're kings, they are fool. But if a king thinks he's a king, he's equally a fool. What does this mean? Even when you fulfill the symbolic space of, of the king, of the monarch, you should never think of yourself intrinsically as a monarch. You are only a monarch insofar as you're sitting on that throne. It's, it's not something in your DNA, it's something that you are fulfilling for the country, okay? So obviously Lacan was saying this to explain the conflation between the symbolic identity of, of humans with their actual um, social identity and 
but I think it does apply to the, the queen never thought she was intrinsically a queen. She always fulfilled the role of the queen. Whereas with, with Diana, Meghan Markle, et cetera, they thought they could be individuals. They could make their own choices because they were above the role they were fulfilling. So I think the moment in which you bow to your role and you, and you, and you perform mm -hmm. a duty for the country, you should have, uh, inher you should in inherit properties. That's, that's the price of the state, really. Um, the problem is, in, indeed, when they put themselves, like Prince Andrew did, uh, on they, they think of, this, of themselves as, you know, intrinsically princely, and they are not. Interesting. Um, but, you know, I, I appreciate the symbolic value. I, I, I get where it holds the nation. I mean, would it be cool to have the Romanovs? Because you've got you 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 ended up having you ended up having Stalin and Lenin Stalin Lenin and no Stalin and Putin you ended up having monarchs anyway. Yeah, I mean the irony is Putin is not that far off and exactly. Um, yeah, I mean uh, you know what uh, I will quote uh, some iconic this series in terms of politics. Like I'm gonna jump a little bit more into politics. I don't know why I was reminiscent of Sex and the City. You know, mm -hmm. I, I guess we all have a nostalgic moment, course, especially yeah. with fashion. And I remember um, Samantha, who is probably my favorite character. In this Everybody's favorites. Well, you see, um, nothing special here. Um, and I remember she was at some event, I think it was a political event indeed, and she was asked like, do you support Republicans or Democrats? And she goes, uh, I don't believe in political parties, I only believe in parties. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, have you ever felt an urge to destroy a work of art? Or maybe you ever like contemplated it? Um... <clears throat> No, I um, I felt the urge of appropriating <laughs> work of art. Once I was in the Centre Pompidou many, many years ago, and there was an installation, I think it was Vito Conchi, was some some major art, 20th century artist, and, and there was a um, pile of, uh, of screenshots, and I took one. Uh, but it was entirely replaceable. It was not a unique piece. So, um, yeah. Mm. But yeah, no, destroying for destroying, no. Okay, well, a little bit further from Santa Pompidou, where is a very famous uh, museum called Louvre. I know where you're going. <laughs> I know where you're going. Yes. You know, Trippi, I had very bad experience with Paris. I've only been twice. And the last time I've been to Paris, when I was, um, you know, trying to appreciate this whole beauty of Eiffel Tower. Mm -hmm. um, pigeon shitted on me. <laughs> and I was standing, I, I, I don't know, I, I never bounded with Paris. And I was like, no, 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 I gotta, you know, I got to try to embrace it. And in the moment when I was trying to really embrace it, uh, like massive pile of shit is sliding down my <laughs> face high and everything. And, well. um, and I have to catch Eurostar in one hour. Paris gone bad. Paris gone very bad. And I have to catch Eurostar in one hour. So I didn't have any time to do anything about it. So it's the whole journey back to London. I was covered in shit, literally. So that's how I remember my Paris days. Yes, but at least you didn't attack uh, some work of art in a wheelchair and a wig. 
<laughs> well, I mean, maybe that was the pre-story. Maybe he also was shitted by a pigeon. <laughs> exactly. <and laughs> maybe that was the reason. <laughs> Seriously. So, um, yeah, our listeners would by by now know that the Mona Lisa was attacked. So um, it was not obviously the first time. It happened many, many times. Um, in the past, it has also been stolen. Um, and a man with a wig on a wheelchair attacked the Mona Lisa by throwing a cake at Mona Lisa. We don't know much about the man. We don't know whether he's a trans person. We don't know whether it was just a, a just a cisgender male uh, dressing up as a woman. Uh, I, don't, I didn't even fully understand. I don't even think that the person was on a wheelchair because needed a wheelchair. I think it was a device to get closer to Mona Lisa. Uh, to have a previous so this whole story I was talking to someone and we conveyed we, we concluded that it was like a bad episode of Little Britain you know that there is a tranny character and the wheelchair guy and <laughs> mixed <laughs> in a single character and so it was a ludicrous situation uh, worthy of our contemporary times because in our contemporary times even things like even tragic things like trying to destroy a work of art uh, or even, you know, any type of all these things that used to be loaded with many meanings now become ludicrous displays that you laugh about and forget the day after. Well, uh, ironically, we did a poll on our Spotify and that's going to yeah. be our actual regular thing for our listeners with Spotify polls. Yeah. So please share your thoughts or likes or dislikes. Okay, shall we take this opportunity to just tell them? So you can vote uh, after each episode, you can vote about some topics that we uh, talk about. You can give us your opinion and it doesn't, obviously we welcome different opinions. You can comment underneath our YouTube video and please subscribe to YouTube because the majority of our listeners are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but we want the YouTube uh, channel to also grow. So please remember to subscribe and comment on YouTube and, and give us your opinion, especially if you disagree. We, we like that. We love freedom of thought and disagreement. By the way, don't forget we now do videos on Spotify so you can see these two lovely faces and the result of makeup efforts from co-creative squeakers in the video. So we both uh, can be seen on YouTube and Spotify. And Spotify. How Good. fantastic is that? This is going to cannibalize our YouTube channel even more. It's going to grow even less. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Sometimes the competition brings yeah. uh, um, sort of a prosperity to differ for unexpected uh, circumstances. You never know. Yeah. Well, um, I was uh, looking at the results of a poll and the question was about the art, what should communicate, and we gave two options. No, we gave three options. And majority of our listeners said well, it should be about timeless meaning. Some said it's about gender politics, and some said I don't, don't really care, care whatever. Yeah. And I think it's also a very healthy attitude. <laughs> sometimes suspending judgment and not caring is i that's something that i struggle with i must admit but sometimes suspending judgment and not caring about things and letting them slide is the best thing to do so i really envy the person who said they don't care yeah that's really great uh well but yes yeah, so here we go timeless meaning but still mona lisa was caked 
Yeah, and Mona Lisa was caked, I would like to say, precisely because it's the most recognizable artwork in the world and precisely because it's timeless. So this proves our idea. So if Leonardo, paint, while painting Mona Lisa, had embraced a meaning that was or a message that was only relevant at his time, he would have been forgotten, like many other art pieces. Uh, but Leonardo was concerned with creating something ambiguous, something open to interpretation, something that did not that could not could not be uh, exhausted in a single interpretation. And that's the reason why we are still trying to destroy Mona Lisa. Okay, mm. because it's indestructible, because it can overcome uh the present and 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 outlive us all evidently it's got a plastic uh yeah. barrier in front of it yeah it's no probably, i meant it's, met... it's probably bulletproof <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah now it is now it is but i mean that if we if he got to be so uh relevant as an artwork is because of the reasons that i was saying of course physically it can even be destroyed but that's the whole point artworks don't live in their physicality. Artworks live in the concept they create. Unlike tattoos. <laughs> unlike, unlike tattoos in a like fashion. Well, so. uh, on the day I was shitted by a pigeon in Paris, I went to Louvre and I went to see Mona Lisa. Mm -hmm. Just disclaimer, I was not wearing a wig and I was not in a wheelchair. You I, are now though. Um, Isn't that a wig? I mean, I'm, I'm, you can. Is that a way? <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep it as a mystery, right? <laughs> Everyone likes a woman, a female with a mystery. Good. Um, but basically, I went over to see the Mona Lisa, the tiny painting, actually, yeah. you know, considering how much meaning it has, the scale. Yeah. It's is, not about the physicality, once again. And, and yeah. It's sometimes not about the size. And definitely not sometimes. about the size. Sometimes. Sometimes, in so, some situations. In some situations. In others, it is. Be frank. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes size is all that matters. Yeah, exactly. Especially when it comes to small size of clothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, anyway, and I thought, all right, at least I'm going to enjoy some um, timeless art. And it was all just full of tourists, plastic screens, and Aaron was taking pictures. So the plastic screen was reflecting the camera flashes. So I couldn't even see the Mona Lisa. So okay. I did, I, even if I wanted to cake it, I wouldn't know where to throw it. So... Uh, basically, uh, but Paris is all about pigeons for me. Paris and pigeons. That's it, that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, when I, um, I haven't seen Mona Lisa for a few years, but when I used to live in Paris, I don't think it was completely covered as it is today yet. I don't think it was, because I don't remember this. And I have been to the Louvre when I lived in Paris 15 years ago, many, many times. So, yeah. Japan, um, you like to work out, you go to gym. Yeah, country club. Yeah, 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 phenomenal. Well done, great work. Um, so, Japan, do you watch your protein intake? Yes. Yeah, do you count your macros? What? Do you count your macros? Like, I try, I, now I stopped counting. But I do have a diet and I try to eat proteins in the evening. Um, if I have to eat carbs for lunch and not any carb, like I usually go for quinoa. Um, when I am out, when I cannot cook my quinoa, I opt for some Japanese rice. But yeah, um, yeah I try to eat as, as much proteins as I can. And in the evening, I try not to eat, have carbs. That's do my you eat diet. turkey? 
I eat turkey, yes. Yeah. Sometimes, not not always, but yeah. It sounds like I'm it's going very high to, protein. It's going it sounds like I'm going to advertise some uh you know calorie counting app or some meat substitute text moment, but no. Um, I was reading news and you know something which sounds similar to turkey, the protein bird, what we eat for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. I mean, what I mean, Americans eat for yeah. Thanksgiving, but we say never say never, but we will find ourselves next. Um, but apparently, country Turkey is going through a branding. Have you heard? No. No. So essentially, I think uh, there is a big economic slump in Turkey. Well, I mean, surprise, surprise, it's happening everywhere in the world. But they're really trying to attract tourism and increase sort of a brand equity on the market. And they're doing a country branding. So Turkey now has official name, which is maybe I mispronounced it, but I think the correct way to say this Turkey. So essentially, so we say there have been bad associations they, with the bird. I, are they trying to disassociate from the bird? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> That's weird. I found it uh, hilarious. I think this is very, very funny. It reminds me the in the West, especially at some point, some feminists who were not very, very probably educated or, or I don't know, uh, proposed uh, a few years ago, proposed to change words like mankind into humankind, claiming that uh, something that linguistically speaking doesn't make any sense, that the fact that you have the word men for like chairman, for instance, uh, prevents women from wanting to become chairman because they're women and it contains the word man, right? Uh, and you associate the word with the gender. The problem is that the, the root of the word men, as in mankind, for instance, that not, does not come from men as males, comes from a Germanic word, uh, which means person. So it's not gendered at all. It's a word that initially does not have any gender connotation, but they are changing a word for a meaning that the word never had. So it seems like... Uh, I don't know if the if if the bird turkey comes from the country uh, turkey. However, it's very weird that an entire country wants to change name because of the bird. Like it seems to me, I don't know. Just not very juicy meat. That's all, you know. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's such a because even even Persia became Iran, and uh, after the Hayatollahs, um, you know. Re- destroyed the 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 Persian uh, empire but uh, the kingdom but the the reasons were different okay and I'm not saying I think it's a good thing that they changed it Iran or but the reasons were different like political reasons with deep reasons not branding reasons but this seems to me something I don't know well fascinating. I mean, yes next time uh... you're going to Turkey right I'm going to Turkey, To Turkey. Yeah. To Turkey. <laughs> it's a beautiful country. I've been, and it's a beautiful, beautiful country. You really get the, I mean, it's a grand place to go to. I shall report, and let's hope Turkeys don't shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, then... <laughs> <laughs> the Turkish fly. But we see me, we, you know, such an opportunity to do unrehearsed. <laughs> oh my God.
Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's been no. defecation heavy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From Amber Heard to, to uh, pigeons oh. and turkeys, defecation through and through. Good. Well, you know, speaking of visiting foreign countries, a uh, very interesting thing happened. So, you know, one of the biggest K-pop bands. Uh, I don't know, Drupal, do you listen to K-pop? I do not, certainly do not. I know what it is. I know of it, but I hardly listen to, to music in general, but especially, you know, K-pop is not my thing. Well, I'm not 12. And I don't look 12 either, so... <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe beauty will invent something. M maybe maybe co-creatives will invent some other creatures to take exactly. uh, away some uh, decades from us. Uh, hopefully not uh, mentally, on the, on the, you know, uh, on the surface level. But anyway, so this band called, I think, BTS, I think so, um, they visit, they're like huge, like boy band, they're like 12 of them, we all look the same. I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't even be able to tell you uh, the ABBA songs. Uh, so that's how ignorant I am on the subject. So. I told you what happened to me in ABBA the other day. Uh, so I called, uh, so I was at the airport. Oh my God, so, uh, sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I was at the airport, like, like you know, like anyway. I've, I've been in airports a lot lately. Yeah. Anyway, and I called the taxi, and guess what? Like, uh, Tesla arrived. Who? Tesla. Tesla car. Yeah. Oh. Have I don't know. Have you ever been inside of a Tesla? No. Also, that must have been a very wealthy taxi driver. I, I have no idea. I think we're now like commercial budget versions of Tesla. I don't know. It was very interesting, very odd. But anyway, so obviously I've never been inside of a Tesla and uh, I like talking to taxi drivers, just like, you know, I like to talk to tattoo artists to mm -hmm. find out how they, uh, you know, develop the skill and craft and is there any meaning behind and, um, you know, investigating symbolism. Anyway, and just why I'm talking about this. So the taxi driver suddenly says to me, oh, um, you know, let's... Uh, I, so I asked him, what is the best thing about driving Tesla? And he told me, video games and karaoke function. And what when he says, this is what I mean. I asked him, what is the best thing about driving Tesla? And he told me, video games and karaoke. And when he says, let's do some karaoke. And basically he says, I really like ABBA. And basically Jupin. I was singing karaoke with Tesla driver, uh, ABBA songs on my way home. So hold on a minute, was this a Uber driver? Yeah. So if an Uber driver proposed something like this to me, I would give zero stars. <laughs> I, I only give five stars to the ones who don't talk to me. No, I enjoy talking. I enjoy talking to taxi drivers. I, I really no, I, I I sometimes I do as well, but except for twice, it happened twice. Uh, they I, proposed to listen to some other? No, worse. They wanted to convert me. Convert you yeah, to what? To some religion. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, because yeah. I am very interested in, in knowing about religion, but it doesn't mean I am interested in converting to a religion. So if I'm interested in knowing about the things about it, it's because I'm genuinely intellectually respectful and interested about religions, but I found them wanting, they saw an opportunity to convert me. So 
and it was very hard for me to explain you can be interested in this intellectually without wanting to become uh, so from the faith point of view respect does not necessarily mean conversion so yeah uh, and then uh, it, it became very awkward because I don't know how to handle these situations and I stopped talking to um, putting myself in a situation like this I don't think that every taxi driver want to convert, wants to convert you but it can always go astray and get into territories that you don't want it to go so I prefer not to um, engage in conversation with people I don't know. So what would you do with a taxi driver if Abba, you know, first line appears like, I've been cheated by you since I don't know when or whatever it says, like, well, what's your next action, Jeffrey? No, my next action is that I, I tell them that I have a, a psychological condition uh, that prevents me from appreciating music. Hence, they have to, you know, stop it. Stop it. Uh, no, I or I would pretend to work and say I've got a phone business call. call. I've yeah, got a business, business call. call. I've got a business yeah. call of a Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> I have to file a complaint to Eurovision right now. <laughs> you know, up by merging Eurovision. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no, I gave in and I sank Abba with a uh, Tesla taxi driver. <laughs> you know fun times i actually did my number find number quite enjoyable so k-pop so k-pop uh so this famous band arrived at white house to meet joe biden to talk about asian hate crimes in america <laughs> and they said we're very glad to be there and to talk about that and everyone cheered and was grateful i think this is all we need to know about how bad Uh, culture has gone so, so hold on i mean the person that was more qualified to discuss this with joe biden was a k-pop star no we have 12 of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> indeed <laughs> now you convinced me <laughs> also was he a uh, an american k-pop star namely a phony one or was it a real korean Uh, it's, authentic it's, Korean. It's like 12 guys from Korea. Right. So they are proper Koreans. They're yeah, not they probably Americans don't even speak English. pretending to be. Yeah. They probably don't even speak English. Okay, good. They probably must, went... must have been a very enriching conversation. Um, I mean, I think it's all about that. Obviously, not as profound as Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial, but I think it was full of meaning, unlike our tattoos, Drupi. Yeah, yeah, it must have been. And also Biden these days is totally there, totally able to, to keep a conversation. Did you see the videos of Biden? Oh my gosh, the videos of Biden shaking hands of people who are not there. <laughs> no, I've been busy singing so, other songs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But probably you employed your time better because a couple of times happened. Joe Biden, uh, I, I already expressed my thoughts about Joe Biden and how unfit he seems to the role he's fulfilling. But essentially after speeches where he says things like we need to essentially get rid of Putin and put somebody else there as if it was his, his duty to decide who needs to rule a, a foreign country. I don't know. This is very weird. Um, but also after sleeping on these things he after a few speeches he turned to his sides trying to shake hands of people but there was nobody there he was alone i was like what and then he couldn't climb stairs so i imagine that these these uh, k-pop stars would how the conversation went 
<laughs> I think, I don't know, all our fans were very happy and everyone was very happy and the awareness was raised and everything is great and the world is going to get better. I don't know. The only reason I, I I want to go to Korea as soon as possible because the culture is extremely fascinating to me, but also because they've got some of the best plastic surgeons in the world. So much respect. Well, for... do you think you need to get extra eyelid? <clears throat> uh, extra eyelid? You know, double eyelid surgery is the most popular. Oh one. yeah, no, 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 no. But they are good in in every respect. No, I want to get some. Well, Jepi, maybe we should go to South Korea together, report uh, from there. It would be amazing. Uh, maybe do some plastic surgery. And I love their food as well. Um, I don't know, talk to some uh, K-pop singers about Asian hate crimes in America. And then I'm very keen to go to North Korea for, you know, tourist experience to see all the best of both worlds. Yes, exactly. And, and Kim. And Kim and, and his amazing haircut. His and his fashion sense, almost like a uh, Roman priest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a uh, a video of a parade where everyone is wearing a mask because now there is a massive outbreak of coronavirus in Korea and they've got no protection because they didn't vaccinate anyone. And he's the only one without a mask and everybody else is wearing a mask. Yeah, and maybe we can go to restaurants and eat some grasshoppers protein, which are not threatened in Turkey. Communist <laughs> equality where somebody is equal uh, and, and somebody is not. And then, yeah. As long as we're not wearing any denim, we will be okay. Why is that? Did you um, ban denim? I think, yeah, I think it's a symbol of Western of the democracy. West. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we got to keep it together. Yeah, um, I mean, he's not wrong. It is because denim is the single most important contribution of the American uh, fashion industry to fashion. So therefore, I think, in a way, he's right. I think Prada is the most suitable choice for North Korea. Yeah, utilitarian Nyland. Yeah, yeah. Nyland. Prada, let's, let's face it. We sometimes have criticized Prada for some little things, but let's face it, Prada is the best for anyone. Any Prada applies to every situation, to every, any situation is, is yeah. I mean. When in doubt, go Prada. When in doubt, go Prada, yes, yes. Yeah, regardless of your situation. Yes, because Miucha doesn't rule, but she certainly reigns on fashion. Fantastic. Well, on this note, which uh, shows us that there are still positive um, expressions in our culture, um, any final thoughts, Jupe? No, really, no. But the times are looking very promising in terms of things gone bad to, to discuss. So stay tuned and subscribe. Follow us and comment and give us your feedback on Spotify News. Exactly. Till next time, culture gone Till bad. Till next time.